Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Rod McDonald. Good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, 1218, 118 in Manitoba. Coming up on Sask Ag Today, well, Saskatchewan Agriculture released its weekly crop report this morning. I spoke with Saskatchewan Agriculture's Mackenzie Ledoon about that, and we'll hear that interview coming up on the program today. Harvest activity certainly well underway in the province, and we're already at 4% complete, which actually puts us uh, well ahead of uh, not only last year, but the five and 10 year average. But Mackenzie will explain all that to us when she joins us on the program a little later on. Also, we'll be hearing from uh, Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting Ventures. He was uh, compiling the regular weekly report for the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, Sask Wheat. And we'll kind of look at uh, wheat markets around the world and what are the implications and factors affecting same. So we'll hear from Michael Wilton on the program today as well. And if time permits, uh, Neil Townsend, Chief Market Analyst with Grain Fox, will join us. Of course, we've heard a lot about um, Durham prices and barley prices hitting high prices. But uh, Neil will tell us if you're expecting barley prices to hit levels seen back in 2021. Yeah, probably not likely. Or, or Durham, I should say, not barley prices. A $20 bushel of barley would be nice. Uh, Durham prices are around $20. He doesn't think we'll get quite to that level. But uh, again, we'll hear from Neil Townsend on the program today um, with the situation on global Durham prices as well. First, though, we'll get things rolling with the Agriculture Weather Outlook. It's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. And Sean Prahika, your Remax Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Rod McDonald filling in for Doug Falconer this week. Doug will be back in the air chair here on Monday. Don't expect to see a repeat of 2021 when Durham prices hit 20 bucks a bushel. That from Neil Townsend, Chief Market Analyst with Grain Fox. Townsend says we could see Durham trade around $15, though, but it largely depends on demand around the world. I think the presence of Turkey sort of having an added amount of Durham that they can trade into the market, and again, high prices encourage Durham to come from you know non-traditional exporters, Turkey's sort of borderline. They've, they've been an exporter in the past, but they've also been an importer. I mean, they use a lot of Durham. So them exporting 500,000 tons probably keeps us out of, you know, trading at $18, $19, $20. But, but we just don't know. I mean, it really depends on overall demand, which, you know, like there's a big shortage in, a, in Tunisia, tight situation in Algeria, big shortage in Morocco, poor quality and lower quantity in Italy. Uh, basically a write-off in Spain. So, you know, there are conditions that could say, like, if people really want Durham and they want to use it to the same extent that they used it in 22-23, the previous marketing year, I mean, you know, the price would escalate maybe even above 15 or $16. But right now, I think, uh, you know, what I see is that because of 
a little bit more turkey and some natural price reduction, uh, a, a natural demand destruction with the already high prices that it, you know we might struggle to get too far above that sort of fifteen, sixteen dollar mark. Townsend says some countries coming out of the pandemic may not have the cash needed to make purchases right now. We still are recovering from COVID and all the economic policies in and around COVID. So a lot of the consumers who we want to sell Durham to are struggling fiscally, including like Tunisia, Morocco, even, you know, Algeria to a certain extent. So they maybe don't have as deep a pockets as they've had in previous years where they can ante up and pay this higher price. So we're going to see some resistance just because of, you know, the sheer state of the government finances in some of those countries. Canada is the largest exporter of Durham, but with drought plaguing the Prairie Provinces, production estimates will likely be lower this crop year. Now, depending on who you believe, it's either 3.5 million or 4.5 million tons. But Townsend expects Canada's production to be around eh, just slightly over 4 million. So I'm not at the low side, but I'm not at the high side either. And and that sort of, you know, reduces our export potential by about almost 1.6 million tons from the previous year. There is indications that Turkey may be able to export an incremental, unexpected, you know, five to 600,000 tons. So that lessens a little bit of the price escalation we could see, but the prices probably have to go up because we have to cut off demand from somebody, somebody in North Africa or from the European Union or, or just somebody. So it, it's a very tight situation and it, it is supportive of prices. Townsend says the prairies are in a moisture deficit right now, and if it persists into May and June of next year, then prices could skyrocket again. Well, it depends on how other Durham-producing countries in Europe fare weather-wise. It's coming up on 12.30 now, 1.30 in Manitoba, and it's time for Ag Review. It's a presentation today of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. PX94, Ag Review. From this week's Saskatchewan Agriculture Crop Report, harvest is now 4% complete in the province. This is ahead of the five-year and 10-year averages of just 2%. The fall rye harvest is most advanced with 43% of the crop off. Winter wheat is currently 15% harvested. Most of the harvest activity has occurred in the southwest region where harvest is reported as 11% complete. In addition to the fall seeded crops, some peas and lentils have also been harvested. 22% of this year's field peas have been harvested, along with 17% of the lentils. Haying operations in the province are starting to wind down now. Provincially, dryland alfalfa yields are estimated to be 1.2 tons per acre, while green feed is estimated to be 1.4 tons. Irrigated alfalfa is estimated to yield 2.9 tons per acre, while green feed is estimated to yield 1.2 tons per acre. Silage yields are estimated to be 4.4 tons per acre. Scattered rain showers moved through the province this past week. However, it wasn't enough to replenish soil moisture levels. Provincially, 12% of cropland has adequate moisture, 45% is short, and 43% is very short. 10% of hay and pasture land has adequate topsoil moisture, 43% is short, and 48% is very short. 
The war in Ukraine isn't just impacting Ukrainian grain shipments. It's also taking a toll on Russia's wheat sales. Russia's lack of ships and Western grain traders' waning appetite for business with Moscow are adding to the rising costs of moving Russian wheat. Russian President Vladimir Putin promised to replace Ukrainian grain with Russian shipments to Africa after Moscow ended an arrangement last month that gave Ukraine's food cargo safe passage in the Black Sea. Indian wheat prices surged to a six-month high this week due to limited supplies and robust demand. Some analysts say the increase in wheat prices may prompt the Indian government to eliminate import duties on wheat. Rising wheat prices could contribute to food inflation and potentially complicate the efforts of both the government and the central bank to contain inflation. Analysts say the U.S. corn harvest could be the second largest on record this year. A strong harvest would add to domestic stockpiles that are expected to balloon as demand for U.S. corn exports wilts due to a massive harvest in Brazil, which is expected to overtake the U.S. as the world's top corn supplier. Corn prices fell 18% from their late June peak during July, with improving conditions in the field weighing heavily on the market. Drought-tolerant genes and other improvements in genetically modified corn allowed the crop to weather severe drought across much of the Midwest. Genetically modified corn accounts for more than 90% of the U.S. crop. Three Florida men have been sentenced to two years in prison after pleading guilty to charges stemming from a series of frozen beef and pork thefts from packing plants last year. Total loss of the thefts was estimated at $9 million. Investigators identified about 45 thefts that occurred across Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Wisconsin. The suspects operated what state and federal investigators say was a sophisticated, organized criminal enterprise going from state to state, scoping out various packing plants, and then driving away with semi-tractor trailer loads of frozen meat. They were eventually nabbed during a traffic stop by Highway Patrol in Tennessee. Investigators found 19 pellets of frozen pork in the truck. And one more thing, Central Butte was the latest community in Saskatchewan to host a town hall meeting organized by the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. The meeting was held yesterday. Cattlemen's Association CEO Grant McClellan has chaired the meetings and staff with Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation have attended the meetings. McClellan praised crop insurance for taking the time to listen to producers' concerns about the drought and provide feedback on supports. And being so ready to answer questions from producers, they haven't been easy questions, for sure. And uh, we do appreciate that they take their time to come out and listen directly to our livestock producers and grain producers in this province. McClellan says they discussed immediate and long-term supports for farmers. We continue to apply pressure through our Canadian affiliate, Canadian Cattle Association, and other organizations to make sure the federal government understands the gravity of the situation that we're experiencing here in Saskatchewan. 
McClellan says this year has been extremely challenging for farmers and ranchers in the drought-stricken regions of the province, and he encourages producers to seek help when they need it. Wherever possible, we know there's support through the Farm Stress Line, uh, through the Canadian Mental Health Association and other organizations. But please do remember that those supports are out there and please do take advantage of them. Yesterday's town hall meeting in Central Butte was the fifth one conducted in the province, with the last four in Capri, Cadillac, Purdue and Kindersley. And that is today's Ag Review. It's coming up on 12.36 now, 1.36 in Manitoba. We'll check on the closing uh, livestock futures. Also, we have the weekly Heartland Livestock Report coming up. Before we get to that, though, let's head off to Esther Heasy and check in with Tanya Cherry. And what a fantastic day we're having here at Esther Hazy Ford. Mike Wilson always says they are open 24 hours a day. How does that work? Yeah, online at estherhazyford.com. So you're saying, I'm loving the sounds of all these vehicles. I'm loving the sounds of the options that they have. And I need a truck, new, pre-owned. They have it all. But I can't get there today? That is okay. You can give them a call, 306-745-6355. Or, of course, go on their website, estherhazyford.com. And Mike said that they can do a video chat with you. They can show you the vehicle through video. Like, I mean, right? You know, that's the new age. You, you can do all of that without even being here physically so that you can get the vehicle that is perfect for you, for the farm, for your work, for your family, whatever you need. And, yes, they do have the largest inventory in eastern Saskatchewan. Their lot is enormous, and it is full. Esther Hazy Ford is where you can come, junction of Highway 80 and 22. And it really is Esther Hazy Nice at Esther Hazy Ford. Attention livestock market conditions. First, here are today's closing U.S. livestock futures. October live cattle, 182.52, up 82 today. December live cattle closed at 186.60, up $1.10. September feeder cattle, 251.57, up 95. October feeder cattle, 253.32, up $1.17. October lean hogs closed down today at 80.32, 100 weight, down a buck 25. December lean hogs also down at the close, 73.77, also down $1.25. And those are today's closing U.S. Livestock Futures. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Hardland Livestock Market Report for the week of August the 9th. Well, the pre-sort season has arrived for us. Managed to get 650 in the sort, 360 cows and bulls, some regular cattle on the side. We had a total of 1,040 for the day. Cows are fully steady, but higher in spots. D1, D2 cows, 136 to 146, sales to 150 to 151, D3 cows, 126 to 136. Older type, thinner and weaker cows, 70 to a dollar. Cows are averaging 138.50. From that good Abernethy area, a friend of mine sold all his cows yesterday. 1,750 pound cows topped out at 154.50. Good job to you, Les. Good bulls. 152 to 162, sales to 174, 175, bulls are averaging 162.50. From that good Wapella area, 2,200 bull topped out at 179.50. On to the pre-sort sale, and what a sale that was. 340-pound little calves topped out at 479. Do the math on these little guys. On to the yearling steers. 575-pound yearling steers, 380. The 650s at 363, 750-pound steers at 339, 785-pound steers, 324, and the 850s at 319. On the heifer side, 
400-pound heifer calves at 343. On to the yearling heifers, 450-pound yearling heifers at 294. The 550s at 327. 675-pound yearling heifers at 335. And highlight of the morning, we had 85 exotic heifers weighing 750 pounds. They topped out at 305. The bigger sisters, 80 exotic heifers weighing 825. They were at 298. And still the bigger sisters, 950 pounds at 292. A job well done. Next week, August the 16th sale, it will only be a regular sale. Next pre-sort, Wednesday, August the 23rd, for all classes of cattle. And this past weekend, went went to congratulate Carter and Brooklyn on their wedding in Churchbridge. What a great day, fun-filled day had by all. Congratulations to you both. Carter works at Heartland as a salesman and auctioneer. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. 1242, 142 in Manitoba. You're listening to Sask Ag today. Let's head back to Esther Hazy now. And once again, here's Tanya Cherry. Last time from Esther Hazy Ford, and this is where you come for all the vehicles, the largest inventory in eastern Saskatchewan. And it's pretty fun to work here, too, isn't it, Mike? It is an amazing environment to work in here. I enjoy working here. I look forward to coming into work every day with a smile on my face because not only do I get to work with an awesome group of people, I get to deal with some of the best customers in the area. Like, they are a lot of fun. Yes, there's the occasional guy that comes in and says, oh, I'm only going to do this, this, this. But after a while, you charm them over, and they're pretty happy to deal with. But if you're looking to join an amazing team, we are hiring here at Estrazy Ford. A ton of different positions around here. Positions I didn't even know existed around here. So if you're looking for a job, honest to God, email Email Tom, Tom G at estrazyford.ca, or even then give us a call, 306-745-6355. Ask Tom what positions are open here. We are looking for staff. We're looking to grow our amazing team. And if you want to, it's a great family environment as well, too, here. If you've got family, they work around your schedule. It is really easy. I've got two kids. Trust me, it's really hard some days to make it to 5 o'clock to pick them up at daycare, but we make it work here at Estrazy Ford for you. And we're like that around here. We all know, and everyone enjoys their kids around here at the building, even though mine are sometimes a little crazy. But it's all good. But if you're looking for a job, that's the important part here. If you're looking for work, give us a call. 306-745-6355. Ask for Tom, and he'll tell you what we got positions open for. There you go. It is all here at Esther Hazy Ford. So a family that you could join. And if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, they have the selection here at Esther Hazy Ford. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. I'm Rod McDonald, again, filling in for Doug Falconer this week as Doug uh, wraps up his summer vacation. He'll be back in on Monday. And we'll check on today's closing grain prices coming up next. First, the rain-starved regions in southwest and west-central Saskatchewan are receiving some much-needed moisture today. Mackenzie Ledoon compiles the weekly crop report for Saskatchewan agriculture, and she's based in Moose Jaw. Ledoon says it rained there earlier this morning. Yeah, it's definitely been pretty dry over here. It was definitely very welcome, and it was quite nice actually driving the rain this morning. Uh, some of our crops are still kind of failing over here, so a lot of our producers that have those later seeded crops are quite happy for the moisture. Rain showers moved through the province this past week, but Ladoon says it wasn't enough to move the needle on soil moisture reserves. Unfortunately, the scattered rain and varying rain showers that moved through this province this past week weren't quite enough to bait off those warm and dry conditions that we saw. The most notable rain that we did see was in the southwest, which was reported, 
with 36 millimeters in the eyebrow region. The pellet region also reported significant moisture with 31 mils, while other areas of the province only received trace amounts. Provincially, we're at 12% of cropland has adequate topsoil moisture, 45% is short, and 43% is very short. 10% of hayland and pastureland has adequate topsoil moisture, 43% is short, and 48% is very short. Meantime, Ladoon says harvest operations continue to pick up steam this past week. So harvest is now 4% complete in Saskatchewan as many combines entered the field this past week. This is ahead of our 5-year and 10-year averages of 2%, and producers who have not started combining quite yet are preparing for the oncoming harvest season. Ladoon says harvest so far has been mainly with fall seeded crops along with peas and lentils. We're seeing that fall rye is almost completely harvested in the southwest, as well as in our west central. A lot of our fall seeded cereals are also coming off as well. We're also seeing that our pulses such as peas and lentils are coming off in the west as well. The fall rye harvest is the most advanced with 43% of the crop off. Winter wheat is currently 15% harvested. 22% of this year's field peas have been harvested along with 17% of the lentil crop. Most of the harvest activity has occurred in the southwest region of the province where harvest is reported as 11% complete. Ladoon says haying operations in Saskatchewan are starting to wind down now. So many of our haying and silage operations are really finishing their last fields this past week and this coming week. Provincially, dryland alfalfa yields are estimated to be 1.2 tons per acre, while grain feed is estimated to be 1.4 tons per acre. Irrigated alfalfa is estimated to yield 2.9 tons per acre, while grain feed is estimated to be 1.2 tons per acre. Silage yields are also estimated to be 4.4 tons per acre. Water quality has also been a concern for many of our crop growers this past week, given the dry conditions. And if that is a concern for any of our producers, they're welcome to bring in water quality samples to our local regional offices and our livestock extension specialists will help them with testing. And finally, Ladoon has a couple of reminders for farmers and the general public. There's always an increased risk of fire associated with harvest operations and Ladoon says the risk this year is exa exasperated by the dry conditions seen throughout the growing season and our producers are really encouraged to have fire mitigation resources at the ready. This can include diskers in case of disking the fire out, as well as water trucks. And Ladoon says the public also has to be extra vigilant when traveling on Saskatchewan highways during this harvest season. Absolutely, so harvest is a busy time for producers and the public is reminded that there will be extra machinery on the roads and to allow some extra space and time when traveling on roadways, especially around those large machineries. Also, this can be a very stressful time for our producers, so they are welcome to phone the farm stress line if they're feeling any undue stress. Mackenzie Ledoon compiles the weekly crop report for Saskatchewan Agriculture. Well, it's coming up on 10 to 1 now, 10 to 2 in Manitoba. Commodities Update. Here are your closing grain prices for today. November canola, 773.20. That was down 270 at the close. January canola closed at 778.60, down 220.
September, Minneapolis wheat, 8.17 a bushel, down two and three quarters. September, Kansas City wheat, 7.67 a bushel, up five and a half cents. September, Chicago wheat, also closed up today at 6.37 and three quarters, up two and three quarters. September, corn, 4.83 and a quarter, up two and a quarter. September, soybeans, down to 13.52 a bushel, down three and a quarter cents. And September oats closed today at 4.15 and three quarters. That was up one and a quarter cents. And those are today's closing grain prices. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Manitoba Agriculture reports hot, dry weather has resulted in premature ripening of some crops. Dennis Lang is a pulse and soybean specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. He says a lack of moisture is a concern in some regions. Well, I guess uh, it has sped up maturity being a, it is a dry year this year, so we have seen some crops come in maybe a little bit earlier than what we would normally see. Uh, we've had some good warm conditions as of late. And uh, we're starting to see field peas uh, in some regions uh, uh, start to be harvested as well. Um, they're finding that desiccation is working really well because we've had some warmer conditions. And they're trying to beat the weather here that was uh, projected for later this week. They're projecting a little bit of rain. So we're trying to, uh, trying to get ahead of that on those crops that are already mature. So any crops, though, that are longer season crops like soybeans would actually really benefit from moisture at this point. Um, we're starting to hear some... some uh, concerns from from industry and and from uh, producers as well that um in some areas soybeans are just uh they're they're short but they're also um the leaves are starting to uh, curl up a little bit in areas that are super dry and that will affect the uh that will affect the yields because what we're finding is that some of those uh those last few pods aren't going to fill if we don't get any moisture and in some cases we're starting to lose a few pods so um we'll see how the next week or so progresses but um, um, we are definitely going to be lower yielding than we were provincially last year. Because last year we broke a record um, for 45 bushel an acre uh, soybeans across the province. So we're definitely going to be well below that this year. Um, and time will tell where those numbers are going to be at. So. One of the benefits of a dry growing season is a lack of plant disease. Field peas, there were some growers that did spray for microsporella blight in field peas during the growing season. Um, and that was just mainly due to areas where they had a bit more moisture and, and good dense canopy. But overall, disease pressure on the, on the pulse side has been relatively low. Uh, same with when you look at uh, dry beans. Again, fields that were sprayed were fields that were very dense and, and, uh, and a really thick canopy and had some moisture. But a lot of the dry beans uh, around the province did not get sprayed because we've been in dry conditions. Uh, as far as spring wheat goes, that would be the next thing that we're, we're looking at here for the first thing to be harvested here in the next week or two, um, is that we're probably going to see lower fusarium levels as well, um, just because of the dry conditions uh, through flowering, and uh, just doesn't allow that disease to be present. So um, disease-wise, we're on the, on, the, on the good side, we can say, on that, because with a drier year, we just don't see much in there for disease this year. And looking ahead to this coming week... Well, I guess the biggest, the biggest thing is we'll see a lot more uh, harvesting being done um, in the field peas because I think that's the first thing that's going to really come off. Uh, the little bit of cereals that has been done in the central region has been mainly in, in areas around Carmen and on Creek where, where it's been drier and those crops have prematurely, uh, prematurely ripened. 
And uh, but field peas, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, if we do get some good weather rest of the week, we'll see more field peas. If we end up getting rain like they're projecting uh, for later this weekend, that'll slow things up, and uh, we'll see what happens by next weekend. So. Dennis Lang is a pulse and soybean specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. And finally on the program today, Durham buyers in North Africa are learning how expensive it will be to purchase Durham this fall and winter. Algeria recently canceled a 50,000 metric ton Durham tender because of high prices. Canadian Durham was offered at $590 per ton, while Mexico was a bit lower at $550. Algeria's last purchase of Canadian Durham on July 11th was at $418 a ton. Durham carryout stocks are low, and drought in southwestern Saskatchewan will impact Durham production when global Durham demand will be stronger than usual. Turning to wheat, the attention remains on the Russia-Ukraine conflict where both sides are inflicting damage on each other's export positions, either by missile or by drone. This is Michael Wilton with Mercantile Consulting Venture. His remarks come from the Sask Wheat Weekly Market Outlook released earlier this week. Ukraine's attack on the Russian naval base was close to the grain terminals, as Novorisk is Russia's main grain export terminal. Similarly, attacks on the Crimean Bridge affect exports on the Kerch Strait, which accounts for roughly one-third of Russia's grain exports. While Ukraine and Russia are both currently able to export grain, recent attacks on key export infrastructure are concerning. Ukraine is heavily relying on the Danube River to meet its export requirement. However, Russian attacks are putting that infrastructure at risk as well. The combination of these would allow the country to export roughly all of the approximately 40 million tons of grain exports that are expected from Ukraine this year. The inability to use the river would cut Ukraine's export capacity by almost half. Russia's continued attacks on Ukraine's grain infrastructure appears to be a deliberate attempt to prevent the country from exporting grain. Russia is also relying on wheat exports to generate much-needed capital, with India potentially being a large customer in the coming year. There are rumors that the Russia and Indian government are brokering a deal to send 9 million tons of Russian wheat to India. This large volume of wheat would be very important for the wheat market, especially Russian wheat, but the trade wants confirmation of this before reacting. The trade is expecting India will import 2 to 4 million tons of wheat versus the USDA's current estimate of zero. Meantime, Indonesia is expected to import more wheat than last year, as much as 17% more. Australia accounted for two-thirds of Indonesian wheat purchases last year, with Canada being the second-largest supplier at 20%. Indonesia is generally Canada's second-largest non-Durham wheat customer. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.